This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 162 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. How's everyone doing this week? I'm okay. Hi. How about you? <laughs> I hate to disappoint you, but the Blank Space Marathon has officially ended. I I thought that's what we were going to talk about forever. I know. Every episode would be about Blank Space. I don't know that people would complain about that. <laughs> Well, ironically, when, Sammy, you get to your news segment, there is blank space in the news, so we can't get rid of that song entirely. But we are here to discuss a uh, listener-voted song analysis. We put a poll up on the website on taylortalk.org. We put up Bad Blood versus Clean versus How You Get the Girl, and Clean came out on top with 48% of the vote. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today, just as soon as we get through some news and calendar. So, Sammy, what's been going on in Taylor's life lately? Um, so Taylor became the top-selling act in the U.S. that has emerged since 2000 or January of 2000, selling 25.1 million albums. That's a lot of albums. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Um, Blank Space was number one on Billboard Hot 100 for the second week in a row. That's There's the Blank Space. Blank Space News. <laughs> um, and 1989 had the number two album spot in the U.S. this week, selling another 214,000 albums for a grand total of 2.2 million albums sold in the U.S. and 3 million albums sold worldwide. That's ridiculous. Can I cut you off for a second, Sammy? I'm yes, sorry. because That 214,000 albums... This thing has been out for how long now? Uh, a month, over, more than a month, yeah, right? More than a month. Or just yeah. about a month? A little no, over a month. Yeah. We month. just passed the month mark a couple days ago. Today yep. is uh, November 30th that we're recording. So November 27th would have been the one, mo- one month mark. And she's still selling more albums per week than a lot of artists do on their debut week. It's just nuts. Sorry, I had to throw that in. I mean, that's great for her, but really sad for everybody else when you think about it. Like, she's leagues ahead of everyone. Yeah, like, her album sales five weeks in is more than, like... So people you know, get in their entire run for Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, honestly. Um, and this week, Taylor performed Shake It Off and Welcome to New York on the CBS broadcast of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, we will have links in the show notes what are they called yeah show notes yeah. <laughs> show notes sammy uh, i don't know you taylortalk.org slash episode 162 um and the 13 days of taylor starts again on monday december 1st it will feature new products awesome deals and mystery gifts um they have since posted what the mystery gifts are and y'all they're pretty freaking awesome Wait, they already posted what they are yeah it's for because it's the first here in new york um, the first day sale is a new cell phone case and the photo album book is on sale and the red blanket is on sale, but the mystery gifts, y'all, they are freaking insane. I'm getting the list. If you hold on 20 seconds, not that long. Okay. One, so it says, two. It says tour credentials and laminates, sound amplifiers, accessories worn by Taylor, wristbands, dressing Wait, room Wait, accessories signs, worn by Taylor? Yes, that is Does, indeed now, what it's 
does that mean that she put them on for two seconds and took them off so she could <laughs> does sell it them? really matter i feel like yeah it does taylor's <laughs> yard sale they're like let's just get i'm like taylor's like well you know i just bought a new house so i can get rid of my tour laminates and my dressing room sign and some bracelets that i wore once that cost a bajillion dollars let's give it to my fans that's, that's cool. awesome so sammy when you say cell phone cases do they happen to accommodate the iphone 6 plus yes iPhone 6, iPhone 6 Plus, iPhone 5. Oh, you can get a case. That is exciting. But they're super expensive. I'm not going to lie. Well, maybe they're good quality. Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and there's free shipping today if you order through this. Fr- there is fr- not free shipping. The Taylor Swift online shipping. store does not offer free shipping. They Don't do. toy with me, Sammy. They do. Do not toy with my emotions here. I swear. That's the world's most expensive online shipping. I Ever, I know. Well, you gotta <laughs> you get, get it well. Free shipping today if you order the thirty dollars phone case. Thirty. That's less than the phone case I already have. Really? Um, <laughs> so, thank you for sharing the news, Sammy. It was quite enlightening, especially this thirteen days of Taylor they've got going on. Uh, Diane, what is coming up on Taylor's calendar? Well, on December fifth is the Kiss FM Jingle Ball at the Staples Center. On December seventh is the Capital FM Jingle Ball at London's O2. On December 9th is the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show from London on CBS. And I believe that's being filmed this week, right, Sammy? Yeah, it's being filmed in like two days. In so like the second, I think. Two, I saw something yeah, online from some of the Victoria's Secret models that are saying they are already there. They yeah, just yeah, arrived yeah. in London. Taylor, Taylor's there also. Yeah. So we should be seeing some stuff from that this week. Um, and then on December 12th is the Z100 Jingle Ball at Madison Square Garden. And December 13th, Taylor Swift turns 25. Quarter Whoa. century. She's no. old. She is old. Whoa. Over the hill. Old. And then on December 31st is the Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. So wait. Thank you this for the calendar, for Diane. You're welcome. Sammy, I'm sorry. Were you saying something? Oh, I said it's a busy month for her. Yeah. It's Every month a is a busy month, month for, for Taylor. She's Taylor Swift. <laughs> she yeah. don't stop. All right, so let's talk clean. Clean is, like I said, it was voted by our listeners that we discuss it as our song analysis for the week. And it is just one of, I mean, rightfully so, it is one of the coolest and most unique songs Taylor has ever written. I believe she said, I want to say it was on um, Jimmy Kimmel, that this to her was the most um, important song on the entire yeah, album. Yeah, she said on Jimmy Kimmel, I believe that if, and if, our memories got erased like in the giver and mm-hmm. we there could be one song on the album that everybody remembered it would be clean yeah no that was actually um a fan that asked her that question on yep. the show i i remember that distinctly because i thought it was one of the coolest questions ever yeah because they got question. a fan on skype on screen that said if we were in a giver type mm-hmm. situation and had no memory of anything but you could bring one song with you off 1989 basically what sammy said yeah <laughs> which would it be and taylor chose clean as the song oh. she would bring with her um and basically in my opinion it, it's sort of like the end of it's it's post relationship when you finally hit that point where someone you finished my sentence you for are me. better off without them yeah like, yeah like i mean kind it's kind of see the light in a way yeah, I mean, like, you realize, like, you've gone through the heart the heartbreak of a relationship and, you know, you've come out on the other side and you know that you will survive and be able to live without this person. And it's about basically this person keeps coming back, but you are able to 
you know, remain strong and not let them come back into your life knowing that they're going to hurt you again. Yeah, I mean, to add to that, Sammy, it's it's really it's about coming out of a toxic relationship. It's coming out of a situation you know is bad for you, and that's where the clean comes from, despite Jimmy Kimmel asking if the song was about her personal hygiene, which it's not. <laughs> I forgot he said that. That's funny. He's like, this song, Clean, is that about your personal hygiene? <laughs> so let's look into the community here and see what uh, what, what some other people thought about it. At Leah Bolum one said White Horse came to mind. She escaped a bad relationship and never saw how bad it was until it ended. I think that's interesting. I mean, I, 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 I can see a correlation in the sense that White Horse is also post-relationship. But, I, I mean, White, ha- White Horse doesn't necessarily imply a relationship. It's too late for you and your White Horse to come around. It, it could be that they screwed up to begin with. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. So I I don't know if, in my opinion at least, I don't know if they're directly on par, but it definitely is after an irreparable relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can see that. Um, At Kirsty RD said, it made me feel proud of Taylor. She's come such a long way, a very mature song. I would agree with that. And um, she co-wrote it with um, Imogen Heap when she was in London. Is that how you say it? Imogen? I think so. That's how... um, yeah, that's how I've heard it said. I was so. like, emotion? <laughs> Emotion? No, I know her first name because I used to read a children's book with that name, but um, I didn't know how to say her last name, but I'm going to assume that's how you say it. Um, but um, Imogene said that she wrote it and recorded it in the one day that she was there. She had like 12 hours to do it, and they were able to bang it out in those 12 oh, hours. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yes, and it's a phenomenal song to have banged out in 12 hours. Yeah, and like Kirstie R.D. said, it's very mature in yes. nature. It's it's about seeing the bigger picture in life and not being obsessed with a, a person who was probably really no more than a crush when she looked back at it. Yeah, and I think that the sound of the song reflects the maturity of how the song is written. Does that make sense? It sounds like... Um rain to me like yeah. little drops of water the way well the sound rain goes. came pouring down i know that's probably where she um, got it from <laughs> i'm sure that was definitely intentional you know that's when i could finally breathe diane oh, oh is that what it says yeah okay. you know <laughs> so finally ashley over on facebook said i thought of leaving something uh, in regards to the song i thought of leaving something bad behind you and being okay with yourself I also thought this is a song you would listen to when you get out of an abusive relationship, when you make that decision to leave. And I, Ashley, I think you're on target with that. It is about getting out of that toxic relationship there. So yeah. any other thoughts on Ashley or am I the only one to comment? No, it's good. Yeah, no, I would, I would totally agree with that. I don't know that it necessarily means that Taylor was in an abusive relationship so much as a toxic relationship, but I think, that there is definitely a strong correlation between, you know, how you, f- how how you, f- how clean, what the feeling that clean represents, and what how you feel once you get out of an abusive relationship. Well, this song is different to everybody. I think I yes. mentioned on the live episode uh, when we did just a brief overview of every single song when 1989 first came out. There was somebody that emailed in. And they related to related clean to their situation with an eating disorder. 
wow. Yes. I've um, read a lot of relationships, eating disorders, um, self-harm, and things of that nature. I would Yeah, so it's, it's really that. the song is what you make of it, and it's really getting yourself to a point where you're strong enough to move beyond a hard situation mm-hmm. in your life. It doesn't have to be a relationship. And that's one of the things we've always talked about with Taylor is the fact that she can write songs that you can apply to your own personal situation. And that's why, you know, and that's the thing too, when I'm asked as an adult male, like how do you relate to Taylor Swift? It's like, well, her songs are what you make of them. So no, I've never been a teenage girl (laughs) dating the boy on a football team. Believe me, you don't want to be. It sucks. No, it's horrible. Like, you know, but there's other messages you can pull out of her music besides that. And that's how. I think she reaches such a wide audience. And Clean is definitely one of those songs that you can, you know, basically twist into any situation you've been in. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a relationship situation. Yes, ma'am. So let's get into the lyrics of the song. It opens right from the beginning. The drought was the very worst. When the flowers we'd grown together died of thirst. I think this song is probably the most visually... Mm -hmm has the most visual impact of all the songs on the album. Which is interesting because the visual represents so much more. Hey, before we talk about that though, Diane, a uh, future English teacher, what what's that called? Worst and thirst. What, what she used. Oh, well, it's a rhyme, right? <laughs> <laughs> what... <laughs> is that a... No, that's not alliteration because they would have to say No, it's like a sound repetition. It's a, it's a rhyme. Thirst. I didn't mean to get that in depth. It's a rhyme. You worst scared thirst. me. I was like, is that, is that like... A trick question? A cost... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's... I'm tired. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> this song's one of the most poetic in nature out of all her songs as well. Um, you know, use a lot of visual interpretation, a lot of a lot of imagery there. And it's talking about, you know, the flowers we'd grown together died of thirst. She's not literally talking about flowers that they grew. They didn't make a a garden garden together. They didn't have a garden. She's talking about you actually don't know that. But (laughs) well, okay, we don't know that for sure. But again, this is a song analysis and it is our interpretation of the song. And the way I see that is the flowers, flowers, you know, when you think of flowers, you think beautiful, you think of pleasant smells, you just think of pleasant images in your head. And it's saying the flowers we'd grown together died of thirst. So in my mind, the flowers represent the relationship mm-hmm. when it was at a good point or at least what they thought was a good point. Yeah. No responses. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think on first listen, you know, the concept of, you know, them having growing flowers together and them dying can almost be, you know, symbolic of their relationship. You know, on second listen, it's probably just a visual representation of it. But, you know, yeah. No, it is very symbolic um, because you get the flowers we'd grown together died of thirst. So it's you see the image like almost like in my mind, at least this is how I see it. I see a time lapse of a flower actually budding out of the ground, growing, blooming, and then dying. And and that is a visual of the relationship put into flower form. Flower power! (laughs) (laughs) So it is very symbolic of the relationship, Sammy. So uh, in that same verse, you have, you're still all over me like a wine-stained dress I can't wear anymore. I love that whole picture. 
it's just crazy because I can see her, um, you know, and it, like, it kind of, to me, looks like that there could be, like, some sort of, like, um, blood on the dress because it, you know, could be, like, red wine because she's just, like, stained and, like, scarred by this person. That's kind of how I see it, you know? Yeah. Like, blood. I mean, I know that's kind of scary looking. Well, (laughs) how I see it also is when she says, you're still all over me like a wine-stained dress I can't wear anymore. It's... I see it almost as as it's a memory she can't get rid of, but it's something she can't be happy over either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they were drinking wine, it was a pretty good night. <laughs> Although she may have been, like, crying, crying over Joni over Mitchell Joni or something. Mitchell, yeah. Shoot, I bet she's crying over Joni Mitchell now. <laughs> Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> no, I'm not bringing it up, but just so I'm clear... Um, so people aren't like, what's he talking about? Joni Mitchell made some very rude comments about Taylor recently, which is a shame because Taylor's always been such a big fan and what very supportive say? of her work. Um, they were talking, just to make the story really short, um, They she pulled the plug on her biopic um, saying that Taylor wasn't a good enough actress to do it, or, but a lot meaner. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she basically said Taylor was talentless or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's rude. Yeah. So for... I'm guessing that Joni Mitchell as a special guest is not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Taylor still cries over her over wine, but for a different uh-huh. reason. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it probably was a good night. And it was probably a good memory, but it's like has it leaves a bad taste in her mouth. That's the point. Like, I can't wear it anymore. It's like it's a good memory, but. There's something icky about it. I don't know. I kind of see it differently. I kind of see it as like, you know, a you know, like a bad memory that, you know, she can't seem to shake because this dress and her are scarred and she kind of wants to hide it in the back of her closet. But at the same time, she doesn't want to get rid of it because there were times where it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can see that sort of a nostalgic feeling like it's holding on to that wine stained dress. It's you can't wear it, but there's some meaning behind it. Yeah. Is I mean, that that's what you're kind, at? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the feeling I get from the whole song that it's like, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, it was uh, you shouldn't have been in this situation that you deserve better and can do better and, you know, should have fought harder for yourself. And then, you know, when this this person keeps coming back to you being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, you finally get to the point where you're just like, you know, I'm tired of your sorry. It's like, I'm, I'm done. I'm clean. I'm good. Mm-hmm. That's when you were finally clean, Sammy? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next line. Hung my head as I lost the war, and the sky turned black like a perfect storm. God, it's awesome. <laughs> just visually, like, this, that line could mean absolutely nothing. Just visually, that line is awesome. Well, yeah, no, visually it is awesome. But you know what's interesting is throughout this song, and I'm sure I'm going to bring this up. Well, I, I should put the disclaimer. I might not, but I might continually bring up the fact that I see a lot of correlations between this song and Out of the Woods. Because I can see that, too, just because there's so much that goes into it. Well... Not just that. She's talking about hung my head as I lost the war. Out of the woods is the war. They're trying to fight out of it. And then she finally hits this point where she's like, 
okay, I lost the war. It's it's done. But I is this really that. losing the war, though? According to her, it is. She says, hung my I mean, head as I lost the see, war. That's See, that's why I disagree with it, because I feel like Out of the Woods, you know, was about them, you know, having issues with basically everybody around them. And it just make making the relationship impossible. Whereas I feel like this is uh, just about her and the guy making it impossible. You know, he's somehow toxic to her, whether it's emotionally abusive, physically abusive, which I don't think she was ever in that situation. But, you know, or whatever. they could have um, just not worked out together that, you know, he doesn't have to be a bad person. They could have just like not fit. I guess, but I don't feel like you can be clean from a relationship if in some way this person was not good for you like you you know what I mean like there has to be like something that is keeps pulling her back but she also knows is not good for her as a not just the situation that's happening around them that's how I feel anyway okay well Sammy I think you know, going back to your comment, comparing it to Out of the Woods, they could be very different situations, but the relationship as a whole was the overall war. So if you're thinking bigger picture, that's more where I'm coming from. I'm not coming from a specific scenario. If Out of the Woods is talking about the people around them, fans, paparazzi, whatever, not leaving them alone, that's very situational. That's one incident within the overall relationship where I see the war as a whole, it's have you ever heard the expression "you won the battle but lost the war"? Yes. Yeah, it, it's kind of same thing. You know, that was a battle where the overall relationship is a war. But she didn't win that battle, and out of the woods, she she ends it because of that battle. Well, so that I, essentially would be the war. Whereas in this situation, this relationship, it was something else. That's what I think, anyway. Maybe at this point, um, in the song, she just thinks that she lost. Um, the war but she didn't actually by the end of the song like this is just how she felt at the start before she became clean right yeah does that make sense yes it is no you're right you're right about that we're just going through line by line okay you're getting ahead of yourself sorry you're a little too (laughs) you're a little too fast here for us um (laughs) no i think when you like end a bad relationship like you know, that kind of feels like you lost the war. And so, like, you know, you, you're out of the relationship, even though you know it's a good thing. At that point, like, you're still so distraught and heartbroken over it that it feels like it was the wrong decision, which is why she's saying, you know, she lost the war and the sky turned black like perfect storm because at that moment it was the wrong decision or you think it was the wrong decision. Or yes. you think, no, it was the right decision, but, you know, your heart is telling you something different mm-hmm. than your head is. No, I I get that, Sammy. I get where you're coming from. The next line, of course, jumps into the chorus. Rain came pouring down when I was drowning. That's when I could finally breathe. This is so strange, but it's so cool. No, it's so cool. No, but when you think about it, it's strange because rain, water, she can't breathe. But it's also when she could finally breathe. So it's a strange metaphors, Diane. Metaphors, strange <laughs> sort of thing that's happening. It is it's cool. No, it, it's but really it's cool because <laughs> when she says that when I was drowning, that's when I could finally breathe. The way I see it is drowning is the part where she was really struggling in this relationship. Like, what am I supposed to do? 
And when she could finally breathe, that's the aha moment when it hit her that ending it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh And moving on with her life is the right thing to do. So she's saying when I was drowning, she's basically saying when I was at my lowest point, that's when I could finally climb back up. Yeah, I mean, you hit the bottom, you can kind of spring back up. One Mm -hmm. of my favorite quotes from... uh, one of the Dark Knight movies with Christian Bale. I forgot which one it came from. I think the first. Maybe the second. I don't remember. I don't but, think it was the third one. No, it wasn't the oh, third. Okay. Um, but he says, the night is always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Meaning you always hit your absolute lowest before you can climb back up. Yep. And that's how I see that line in the chorus being when I was drowning, that's when I could finally breathe. Drowning is her low point, her absolute low point in this relationship. And she can finally breathe because she's climbing back up. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the relationship was pushing her down. And so she was drowning. And then finally, when she cut it off, like the hand on her head, like the least and she could go back up kind of thing. Right. And of course the chorus ends with, I think I'm finally clean. And that, I mean, self-explanatory, in my opinion, at least. She's clean of, well, of course, any trace of you. Huh? But I'm she's also, clean. I think, clean from any feelings that she might have made the wrong decision. And she finally feels like she can get on with her life without looking back and, you know, regretting the decision and, you know, changing the decision ultimately. Personally, I think she finally took a shower. <laughs> had to throw it out no you didn't yeah i did so (laughs) let's look at the next verse after the first chorus Uh, (laughs) so what lines do you guys like from this i feel like i've been doing most of the talking here um i really like um the butterflies turned to dust that covered my whole room. Um, I don't know why, because the because really you like butterflies, make, Sammy. No, yeah, really but the butterflies kind of died. Sense. Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. But I just think visually, it's really interesting that it's kind of like um, I kind of picture like a like a room with like a bunch of old pictures, and it's just like covered in dust that hasn't been touched in like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, she kind of, she punches a hole in the roof, which kind of goes back to the the visual, the visualization, I don't know, of, um, you know, like someone holding you down and then, you know, you punch a hole in the roof and then the light comes in and you can kind of break out of it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You well, can finally see. Yes. The line about the butterflies, though. I see is very similar to the one we discussed earlier about when the flowers that we've yeah. grown died of thirst because it's like it's basically something beautiful turning into something that just dead. Yeah, is dead and deteriorates. I don't and know how butterflies die, but you know, it kind of works. Wait, what? She like, doesn't know how they die. Like, I mean, I, I would imagine like anything else. I don't well, I don't know. Like, it just is an odd visualization to me. Of, like, random butterflies turning well, into dots. it's a song, and it doesn't necessarily have to make perfect sense, Sammy. It's, it hey, Sammy, sense. Sammy, picture Harry Potter in the Deathly Hallows Part 2 when Harry finally defeats Voldemort, and he just sort of turns to dust. You're talking about the movie, right? Not the book, because the book was different. Yes, the book was better. Yeah. I am talking. That's why I said Part 2. 
Okay. <laughs> part two. There is no part two to the book. No. So that verse ends with let the flood carry away all my pictures of you. It, again, kind of cool. It goes with the whole rain theme. And, you know, the rain itself is very symbolic in a sense that the rain is what's cleaning her. Obviously, not literally. She's not out taking a shower in the rain. Um, <laughs> First, she dances in it, and then she takes a shower in it. <laughs> I, yeah, sure. But <laughs> the rain is just symbolic of, I think, her realization. It's the rain is her mind finally telling herself to get rid of these and and clearing her mind of bad memories, toxic memories, things that are bringing her down, pulling her down, hurting her emotionally, whatever the case may be. The rain's very symbolic in that sense. And the flood is obviously a result of the rain. And she just wants this rain to flood and carry away these memories of, of him. Did yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, it did. I know, I'm kind of like... That was, that was good, Adam. You did good. Oh, good job, oh good thanks. <laughs> I just never know when you guys don't offer me feedback. I'm just like, <laughs> no, did they I like what it. I said? <laughs> um, but it, it also... I don't know. I feel like a lot of the lines in the second verse are kind of responding to answer, to lines in the first verse. So, like, in the... In the well, in the second verse, you, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, there's a line that she says, "By morning, gone was any trace of you." And then, the next verse, she says, "Let the flood carry away all of my pictures of you." So they kind of are answering each other. Does that make sense? Yeah, that made sense. No, I I see that. That's interesting. I you know I'm glad you pointed that out. The bigger picture of the song too, because we're going through line by line, and sometimes it's hard to see things like that. You kind of overlook them when you. Yeah. Go line by line. So that that's a good call, pointing that out. And I like I think the next line does that a little bit too, because she says the water fills uh, filled my lung. I screamed so loud, but no one heard a thing. And that you know, in the that goes along with her drowning and then finally being able to breathe. Like you're underwater, it's really dark. No one can hear you. You can't breathe. And then it's kind of like, you know light you know she punched a hole in the roof and the light came in and then the water came in and then she was finally able to breathe again i find that line so visually frightening like you picture someone (laughs) drowning oh taylor swift why did you do this (laughs) like this song is a bit haunting in a sense isn't it it? is but i think it's supposed to be like it's supposed to scare you and then pull you back up because like you know, when you get out of a relationship or any situation that has been holding you back and holding you down and, you know, you're in this horrible situation, whatever the situation is, you know, it's it feels impossible to get out of it. And it literally feels like you're screaming and no one around you can hear it. And, you know, like you don't like it's almost like you're in a, you know, like in a glass box around everybody that you're screaming as loud as you can, but no one can hear it. And then, you know, at some point. You're just, you finally are able to break free and break clean and, you know, get a clean break. And that it kind of makes everything, you know, seem like it makes sense again because you finally have, you know, broken out of the handcuffs and, you know, <laughs> walked away and you're ultimately clean because of it. Correct. Yay, I win. No, still lose, but Aww. I'm kidding. So the chorus then repeats itself. 
And then we go into another verse, which I think is actually really kind of cool. Is that a verse or a bridge? I think it's a bridge. I think bridge. it's a bridge. I always see that. Bridge, bridge verse. <laughs> this next part of the song. This it's- next part of the song. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> You're welcome. So, 10 months sober, I must admit, just because you're clean don't mean you don't miss it. 10 months older, I won't give in. Now that I'm clean, I'm never going to risk it. Yep. So, very cool because it is literal more so than some of the other parts of the song. You know, it's saying, I've been out of this for 10 months. But it's also very interesting because it shows the confusion of the situation. Like, in my opinion, throughout the song, she was very sure of herself, and this is, like, a a questioning point. I don't know about that, though, because, you know, she talks about drowning and being able to breathe. Like, that is a very confusing situation to be in because, you know, you are alone and you feel like you're drowning and, like, you can't breathe, but at the same time, you, you know almost come to this realization and then all of a sudden you can breathe. It's kind of, you know, it's just as confusing. (laughs) I suppose I just see this as the most confusing part because earlier in the song, you know, she, she's pretty sure of everything. And like we said, she changes her mind on things like hung my head as I lost the war. You know, she decides that this is actually a good thing. Now she's clean, but I sense a feeling of confidence in those lines, like she knows what she's talking about. And then this is the confusing point, which you need to turn around your opinion and then realize that you're clean. Maybe it's not that she isn't sure of herself. Maybe it's just that there are times when she's like, wait a second, I still miss what we had. Yeah, I know. Like, it's not a um but that's why thing. that's why it's confusing though because she's like life Wait, is I confusing miss it. though it's, it's like, not though true. She, it's, i mean you go through life you know especially when you're in this kind of situation or when you're in any situation i know that a lot of people relate to this bridge you know for the reasons that we talked about earlier about you know eating disorders and you know hurting yourself and things of that nature and you know being 10 months sober from hurting yourself or from drinking or from drugs or whatever, you know, just because you're not doing it doesn't mean you don't miss it. You know, it doesn't mean you don't think about doing it every day. You just know that it's better for you. And it's the same as being getting out of a bad relationship. You know, just because you know that it's better for you to not be in that relationship doesn't mean you don't miss, you know, the good times, you know, it doesn't mean you don't miss that person. Um, It's not necessarily that you're confused about whether you made the right decision. You know, you made the right decision you just miss some of the times and some of the, you know, moments or whatever. Mm. The end. You don't think so? I, I think she's right. I'm on Team Sammy for this one. <laughs> I mean, she... I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what I think. How would you feel if this was you? Like, what would those lines mean to you? I. I it's just weird to me because... The song makes it feel like every part of this relationship was toxic. So I'm like, what does she miss? You, there's the always flowers something to miss. and you know the flowers yeah, that just, died of thirst. The flowers that they grew together. The just good just stuff because in the relationship. Just because the relationship was toxic doesn't mean that there weren't good times. I can tell you yeah, that from experience, because, and I'm not going to add to that. But you know, there there are always good times, right, and because. If it was all bad, she wouldn't have been there at all. Exactly. Like, there had to have been at least some good things to make her want to stay for the time that she did stay. 
you, I mean, you know, if you're in a situation where you're with someone who is not the nicest person in the world, you know, they either didn't start it out that way or they have moments of being a nice person of, Mm -hmm. you know, treating you the way that you deserve. And, you know, that is what your heart is telling you. Well, you know, remember this time, remember the time that he bought you flowers, remember the time that, you know, you stayed in bed and watched movies all day, whatever the situation is, you know, that's what's making you fight for it. But at the end of the day, you know that not being in that situation is way better for you. And that goes for, you know, the other things that we talked about that obviously you know having an eating disorder is not good for you. You know that hurting yourself is not good for you. But, you know, when you do those things, and I can say this from experience, that, um, you know, it makes you feel better. It makes, because you're dealing with a, situation by doing these things you know you know that it's not healthy for you but it makes you feel better i don't know that's the end of my story (laughs) i'm sorry i zoned out through half of that (laughs) um i didn't mean to i was just thinking it's okay what are you thinking about (laughs) oh there's a lot that i was thinking about i was thinking about how embarrassing it is that i I guess the next line kind of counters my own point now that i'm clean (laughs) i'm never gonna risk it because that is absolute certainty yeah, I mean, she's sitting there. She she just because she doesn't miss it doesn't mean she she you know she misses it, but she knows she's that she go can't back. go back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she knows that. Huh. This song we could talk about it for days, really. <laughs> I mean, after that part, it more or less repeats itself. You get the chorus yeah. again a few times, so there's not really much left to discuss with the lyrics. But something we should probably discuss is its placement on the album because it's like we've talked about. It's a concept album. The songs are designed to work together. Now, with this song, I definitely think it's one of the most obvious placements. It's the last song on the regular album, not including deluxe songs, which on a side note, can I point out how much I love that the deluxe songs are on the same physical CD oh this time around? Oh my god, too. It's oh, so much god. more that convenient. Was, that was the best decision. Yeah. Cuz the red one you had to switch it and I never listened to them and it was just bad. Oh no, I I don't even know what same the bonus the, uh, songs on I red was, are because I never I was, switched the CD. I was driving to school and I was like have I even heard the bonus tracks on the Red Album? What are they? You know what they are. I, I realized that I did, but, you know, I was like, oh, right. Anyways. Right. So, now that we're off of that side tangent there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's last song on the album. I, again, I think this is one of the more obvious song placements because this is the end. This is where you finally clean yourself of everything, which we've used that word clean a lot, but it is the song title, so it's fitting. Um, I mean, does I, anyone have anything to add to that? Like, I'm trying to think of how we can even make a discussion out of this, but it's. I think it's just, it's interesting to me because the other three, four, four songs that, um, what is the, oh, I know what this. Um, okay, I'm not counting Taylor Swift because that doesn't count. But so the other three albums um, are all songs that ultimately make you want to start the album over again. And I think that Clean is one of those interesting songs. It's kind of like our song, actually. Um, that you know, it doesn't have a. Okay, now I have. To, I mean, obviously, you're gonna start the album over because it's 1989, and why are you not doing that? What is wrong with your life if you're not? Uh-huh. But. Um, you know, begin again 
you know, it's called Begin Again for a reason. It's to make you start the album over again. Um, you know, Change and Long Live, it's all, it kind of ties it up into a pretty little bow and it makes you want to start the album over again. Whereas Clean kind of has a different feeling. It kind of has a very, you know, finite, you know, complete, it's over, done, complete, no more. However, um, Sammy, <laughs> however, going into the secret message, which I think is related to the placement on the song, she lost him, but she found herself and somehow that was everything. That ends up, in my opinion, making it inconclusive. It's like this is the end of the chapter onto the next chapter. So whereas you said, like, begin again made you want to start the album over, this makes you seek the next chapter, which will be the next album two years from now. So it still makes you want more, but instead it makes you want more of something you don't have yet. Correct. <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we got to wait two years for it, which, of course, it sucks. But the secret message on this song is is very powerful because it is like it is opening up for a new chapter of Taylor's life. It's she lost him, found herself, and somehow that was everything. And that's a really important line because finding yourself is the essence of like the 1989 era and what Taylor is going through in her life right now. She said it in countless interviews, not wanting a relationship or not looking for a relationship because she's enjoying being independent, being herself and knowing who she is and discovering herself. So I think that also is why this is the most important song on the album. At least, you know, Taylor said it was to it's her. It's interesting, though, because she chose to have the song sound like it's very, like, concrete ending. But the secret message, which is, you know, I mean, obviously everyone looks for it. But, like, it's not, she doesn't say that line in the song. So, you know, people don't necessarily hear it or know it. So it's interesting that the song seems so, you know, you know, seems like it's the end, whereas it's really the beginning, which is weird. You know what I'm saying? It is, but I mean, it's the secret message is what the song means to Taylor. Right, which is, which is why it's, you know, the last song, but it's also the first song, which then kind of makes you want to start the album over again. But at the same time, it's, you know, it feels very ending to me. I don't know. That was I, confusing, Sammy. You're like the last <laughs> song, but it's also the first song. Sammy, Sammy confuses all of us. I understood what you meant, though. It's just funny. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like Begin Again, how it's the last song, but... But it's the first song of a new chapter. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Translating, Sammy. I'm glad somebody can, because I have no idea what she's talking about half the time. <laughs> Now, do you guys think that she is going to include this in the 1989 tour? I think she will. I see this as being a song on the um, B stage, though, in the I back. It's one of the few songs that she could do on the B stage acoustic. I mean, I think she could also do it where, like, um, last kiss, she had um, Caitlin on the back, on the main stage and the dark playing instruments, and you know, begin again. They were on stage playing instruments sometimes, not all the time, but. Um, um, or it spark, sparks fly on the red tours. They were playing instruments, but um, so it's kind of like it's acoustic, but the other instruments are there, but they're kind of in the dark. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a very um quiet performance in a way, like not yeah. as you know 
Because, I mean, a lot of the other songs on the album, like, they have a lot of technical stuff going on. You know, she's going to need synthesizers and things like that. But this is, like, the one song on the album that she could do acoustic and by herself and it would sound. Mm, I don't know if I agree that this can be acoustic. There is a lot of sound elements to it also. I don't know if maybe acoustic is the right word, but maybe just a more um, intimate performance. You know, like she doesn't have yeah. to do any dances. She doesn't have. She can just kind of stand there and like tell a good, story. good, but I think there's a lot she can do with visuals in terms of like the back, like rain background or some sort of like lights that make it look like it's raining. Yeah, she or she it. can make it rain. Can she, no, yeah, can she bring back the rain with the words in it? Um, maybe. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> to spell out clean instead yes. of no. Instead of no. <laughs> but. I, I just yeah. think there's a lot she could do with it visually, and I'm curious to see if she brings it to the tour and what yeah. she does with it. I honestly, like, as much as I want her to sing it, and I think that she will, part of me feels like she won't um, because it is such a, you know, vi- you know, it's such a visual song, and, like, listening to it on the album, like, it has such impact. Like, I feel like she would be afraid that it wouldn't have as much impact live for whatever reason. Um I mean, obviously, she's not going to sing every song on the album, and I'm, I do sometimes wonder and worry if this might be one of the ones that get lost. Yeah. For, I mean, I think she, she she knows the importance of the song, obviously, because she said that to Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but at the same time, I wonder if she, I mean, she wanted to give it to people, so she knows that it's not, you know, completely personal, but. You know, I do wonder if it, if it might be something that she won't perform to 50,000 people. I mean, truthfully, I love this song, but I do see it as one of the cuttable songs from Yeah, tour. I mean, I mean, you know, let's look at, you know, Begin Again, like she performed it, but on nights when she wasn't feeling it, that was the first one to go. Mm-hmm. And I feel and I feel like that this might be one of those songs also that, you know, she feels like she wants to perform it, but at the same time, she does, you know, it might not be as readable in a stadium setting. Man, but Sammy, the seems thing so is, though, ago. is like people love the song so much. I know, so but I, I, I mean, think the fact that people know it and love it, you know, she will have to. Yeah, but there's always a song like that. I mean, well, people were, are there though. Yeah, I mean, when she Can didn't think sing, of one? yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of people that were, you know, kind of confused as to why she didn't choose to sing Starlight because to them it, oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was very, very important. And, you know, it just, it didn't really fit. And it was disappointing, you know, Starlight is one of my favorite songs on Red. Um, yeah, but that was a fan fiction. I And, and that was, I'm, like, for a person, you know, that was... Yeah, but I still, I, I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be songs that she's not going to sing. Like, we know this, you know, and... You know, ultimately, she has to make that decision about what is going to, you know, help tell the story of the tour that she's trying to tell. And I I worry that this might not fit into it. I That's mean, exactly right. If, if you listen to it compared to the rest of the album, it is, it's a very different song. And, you know, she has a vision for this for this album. She has a vision for the tour. And I I mean, I, you know, I hope it's there. Obviously, I love this song. It is one of my favorite songs on the whole album. I just don't know that he, I, I don't know that it would fit personally i don't know what her vision is either but you know no i agree with you entirely sammy i think it's only diane that disagrees on this point now who's team sammy <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody <laughs> no one's team sammy anymore so does anybody besides me have a cool vision if they were to make this into a music video which 
I'm not feeling strong chances that Taylor ever will. I'm not feeling it either. And the thing that I'm um, afraid of with with um, this song, if it was made into a a um, music video, is that I'm afraid it would look really corny. You know, with like rain and things dying, like it just might look weird, right? Like it might not translate well, well onto the screen. My vision of it were I to direct a video on it, and I don't know how this would work. But it would be very minimal um, with people. There won't be a lot of people in it. And it would be a lot like, for example, the part which I said earlier was one of my favorites. You know, when the flowers we'd grown together died of thirst. The way I pictured that in my head was as a time lapse of a flower growing, blooming, and then dying. And I think that could be the actual action and maybe the people in that scene, all you would really see is it would be sort of in a field, but like the male and female, you just see their bare feet walking through the grass as the flower is doing the action Aww. in the yeah. scene. I mean, I was kind of talking about this earlier because my my visual idea of a music video is actually quite similar to that with no people. Um, but, you know, particularly at the scene with... Um, with um, you know, the butterflies covering the dust of my whole room. I mean, I talked about this earlier about, you know, a room covered in dust where there's like, you know, pictures of old relationships that, you know, have since quote unquote died. Um, and then, you know, you, it's kind of raining outside and, you know, all of a sudden in, there's a time lapse, if you will. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's a hole in the roof and, you know, a, one beam of sun starts coming in and then the rain just dumps on the room. I don't, I, I mean, it, it, it sounds corny. <laughs> I don't know. Like, That's I don't why know. I feel like it's hard because <laughs> it sounds so pretty, but, you know, yeah, I don't know how it would look visually. Well, Diane, if you had to rank clean on a scale of 1 to 13, 13 obviously being perfect score, what would it be? Um, like 11.5. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 11.5. Ugh, Sammy? You know, I had, I, I, she's breathing, she's sighing. <laughs> Spit out a number already. I'm, I'm going to give it a 12 because I had very high expectations for this song about, particularly about what the song was about. And it didn't end up being exactly how I had imagined it to be. Um, I love the song. I love what it is. I love what she's talking, not what she's talking about, but um, what she's trying to express. Um, it just wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I would give it a 12. I'm giving it a perfect 13. Ooh, Adam <laughs> perfect, likes a slow per- song. Perfect 13. <laughs> oh, shocker. It's not a slow song. Is it? It's semi-slow. It's in between. Semi-slow. It's an in-betweener. <laughs> it's a medium But to song. me, what makes up the perfect song is a perfect trifecta three points you got the message of the song the lyrics and the sound and i think this combines all three aspects into a perfect just song (laughs) for me the reason why it wasn't a you know it because your opinion doesn't matter and you suck it matters no i just don't really like the sound very much 
I think That's this sounds really issue. cool. The sound comes from it, definitely inspired by Im- Imogen, Imogen. Imogen. I just wanted Imogen. it to sound sadder. I like sad songs, and I wanted it to be really sad. That's my <laughs> but problem. it's meant to be an empowering song, I know, not I sad. Know, I know. It's got sad visuals, but, but see, it, in essence, that's, it's empowering. That's where it struggles because it's an empowering song, but the sound of the song it does not sound empowering. What? It just sounds like rain. Yeah, like it doesn't make me feel empowered. It makes me want to curl up in a ball and cry. All right, well, if anyone out there agrees or disagrees, feel free to hit (laughs) us up. Let us know what your opinions are. We got to move on with the episode. You know your Swifty when slash if Swifties rule the world. I can't pronounce your name. Diane, Diane, what's the first one? Um, This one comes from Emmy Jenk on Twitter. And they say, you know you're a Swifty when you can listen to Shake It Off in a Blank Space in the car and at any at any given lyric could tell what scene it is in the music video. Nice. Wow, you watch those videos a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is from Swizzle Julie on Twitter. You know you're a Swifty when you get a strike when Shake It Off is blasting from the speakers at the bowling center. Oh, nice. Strike. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. No, you're a terrible bowler. Um, Evan on Facebook said, you know you're a Swifty when you're the only one in your department at work this past Friday, so you jam out to Taylor all day. Yeah. That's awesome. This one comes from Red T. Swift via email, and they say, you know you're a Swifty when you get all teary-eyed when Taylor gives her speech for the Award of award of uh, uh, of Excellence at the AMAs. Oh. No. No. <laughs> Oh, um, the next one is from Rebe- Rebecca via text message. You know you're Swifty when whenever someone says something bad about Taylor, everyone looks at you to see your reaction. <laughs> that yeah, happens to me at work all the time. Oh, people too. are like, oh, what's she going to do? You, usually people just say the thing directly to me. So That happened to me in class the other day. Ever like this, We were talking about blank space and this kid was like, I used to like Taylor, but I don't like her anymore. And everyone just kind of stared at me and I was like, I have an argument for you. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. People are whatever. Um, so last one, we got a voicemail from Gabrielle. Let's hear from uh, Gabrielle. Hi, Taylor Talk. This is Gabrielle from Australia here. And I have a submission for You Know You're a Swifty When. You know you're a Swifty when you're playing that game called Who Am I? Where you have to think of a celebrity and then people need to ask you questions and figure out who it is. And the first question you get asked is, is this person Taylor Swift? So do they do they just expect you to be Taylor Swift? That's who you're you are. In that this would game? be too easy. <laughs> it's like it's though. like in Finding Nemo when they're like, um, it's orange and white. It's me. It's orange and white. It's me. <laughs> the next one. It's me. How <laughs> <do you> do? <laughs> oh, I remember that one, Dory. <laughs> Alrighty, so thank you to everybody who sent those in. We have a whole bunch more that we haven't used yet, uh, and we will in the future, so keep sending them in. I promise we don't lose them. We just sort of file them away for future episodes. Next up on the episode, what are Swifties listening to, where you guys submit what you are listening to besides Taylor. This week, I didn't use anybody's submission, but I'm using the obvious one, Imogen Heap. I figure that one's pretty obvious. You guys should definitely um, check out some of Imogen's uh, work and and see what it's all about. It's, you know, the sound, in my opinion, inspired clean. I, I think that's where the sound of clean came from. So if you're into that, definitely check it out. All right. Yep. yep. Thumbs up. And finally, a voicemail. Another voicemail this episode. We got two this episode. What? Woo! 
from Trey. Let's listen to Trey. Hi, guys. Um, can I just say thank you for the best podcast ever? And I've gotten my phone taken away like 20 times because I've laughed so hard listening to this in school. Thank you so much and bye. Don't get in trouble for us. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, next thing I know, the Taylor Talk inbox is going to be full of like emails from parents being like, my kid's <laughs> failing in math class because of you guys. Okay, this is what I want to know. How can you listen to our podcast in class? Don't they see you with headphones on? No, you put you put your headphone earbuds in, and then you put a hood over it. I used to do that. Yeah, but don't Teachers you look suspicious? Teachers let you wear your hood in class. Yeah, don't you look you like, like you're doing something mischievous. No, because it's cold in there. Cold in the classroom. You have your hood on. You're just sitting there, you know, listening, and you have like your earbuds like strung up through the shirt, so it's not like on top of it. And then you just have a little earbud. Good Isn't time. That hard to. Never mind. Whatever. No, it's not. <laughs> Okay then. <laughs> how to how to misbehave in class with Sammy? Brought to you by Taylor Talk, <laughs> the newest segment of the show. How to get in trouble in class without getting in trouble? Email me if you've tried it. <laughs> Sammy's like, I have more tips. <laughs> Sammy at TaylorTalk.org. <laughs> One M. One M. S A M I at TaylorTalk.org. Please, yes. <laughs> now, one last thing. Sammy's sighing already. They say lightning never strikes the same place twice. That would be true if it wasn't referring to my heart. Forgive me if I'm having trouble getting through this. Last week I shared with everybody that one of my dogs passed away. This week... We lost another. His name was Cooper, and he, he's been my buddy for for a long time. And you're probably wondering why I'm sharing this with you guys, and there's a purpose behind it. It's because it's my freaking show, and if I want to dedicate an episode <laughs> to him, <laughs> I'm going to dedicate an episode to him because he was really special to me, and I've been really heartbroken lately. I, I really have, and I just... it's. It, the realization hasn't even sunken in yet. And, and you know, both of them, Hershey was last week and Cooper this week. And it turns out they were both had been sick for a long time internally, but showed no external signs. And by the time they found it, it was it was just too late. And, you know, I, I just basically I want to dedicate this episode to the memory of Hershey and Cooper because they were sick and now they're finally clean so <laughs> somebody finished the episode for me <laughs> okay. um, so we'll have all of the stuff in the show notes it's taylortalk.org oh way to be abrupt Sammy <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying you told me to I know I know just <laughs> like Sammy was saying guys eh, the videos we talked about in the news they're going to be up at taylortalk.org slash episode 162 and um, you guys know how to contact us, taylortalk.org slash contact. Don't forget, all of our hosts have brand new email addresses. You can find any of us with our name at taylortalk.org. So Adam at taylortalk.org, Diane at taylortalk.org, Sammy, Steve, etc. at taylortalk.org. And then very important, if you want to email the show, 
It is podcast at taylortalk.org. Get it? Got it? Good. Those are contacts. If you forget them, again, taylortalk.org slash contact. It's one easy link to remember that's got all our contact information there for you. Um, I'm sorry to have ended the episode on such a heartbreaking note. I've just been in a weird state of mind. The fact that I did this episode for you guys, (laughs) I'm not really sure how I did it. But here we are. Life goes on. And again, this episode, this one was for Hershey and Cooper, who are still with us in, in, well, at least with me in my heart and the hearts of anyone that knew them because they were amazing dogs. So I'll see you guys next week for episode 162 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This has been Adam. Diane. And Sammy. Sam, Sam, have a great week, guys. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.